Hello. Hello. It's us again. Did you miss us? I know you were expecting our snazzy new introduction music followed by Mita's hello, but once again, Mita has something to say to you listeners. <laughs> you always put it on me. There, See, this is what happened. So there was a ghost and it's made its way to our files. And for some reason, when I sent, you know, my recording of this week's podcast to Nadim, my voice sounded really, really bad. And I don't know how this happened, but it did. And so I just want to apologize in advance for this mistake. I'm working really hard to make sure it never happens again. For the record, there, we don't know if there was a ghost. I just no, 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 no. Painfully we know clear. Was- but something happened when, with the recording. We think the file might have compressed. And as a result, I think we lost some sound quality. So that's why Mita sounds like she's recording in a tin can. Kind of. And <laughs> there's not. a lot of disturbance in the recording. But she's not. So sorry about that. We are usually better about this. But. It is what it, it is. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Please give it a listen. And let us know. You can email us and tell us how terrible it is. But for now, please enjoy Polytechnique. Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Salut. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, this one, I didn't want to like... <laughs> it's a bit of an awkward one to pick yeah. something for, yeah. A tough one. Samita, I didn't tell you this when we got into this recording, but uh-huh. I... <laughs> because... The reason I'm like late and I pushed our recording today and I was like, hey, this is a good story to share in our small talk portion. So I come, I had to go pick up some stuff for my wife and I come home to break fast. I break fast, pray, and my daughter vomits everywhere. Oh, no. And like everywhere. And my daughter is a vomiter. She's yeah. like a real vomiter. <laughs> It's her thing to the point where she she's fine by the for the record. She's like totally fine. My mom's like, is she going to daycare? And I'm like, yeah, she vomits all the time. Like it doesn't phase us anymore. Oh. Why? But, like, What's happening? I have there? no idea. So she she used to do that. She she does this thing that really is not good, is that if she doesn't like the food she's eating, she'll like gag reflex it and then it'll all come out. And so that really she has she doesn't do that, but I also don't think she moderates her stomach. So, like, I think she's got a really small stomach, and then when she wants to eat something, she eats it, and then suddenly she's full, and she doesn't, she doesn't realize it. Oh. And then it just all comes out, and then she's like, my stomach hurts, and we have to, like, decipher whether stomach hurts means number two, or stomach hurts means she just is full, or is I'm gonna vomit. And it's hard to figure it out. Yeah. Because she's, what, four? She's four. Yeah. She'll be four in June, so she's, she's a young little thing. So, yeah. She <laughs> so vomited then, everywhere. Just vomited everywhere. Does she do it and then eventually, attention? no, she doesn't do it for attention. I mean, she doesn't do it for attention. I will say that. But oh, so I just cleaned vomit out of everything. <laughs> now here Ew, I am recording this I episode. I feel gross talking to you. Yeah, We're not even in the same room. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> oh. But Mitha, we. How are you? 
Um, I'm not vomiting. <laughs> I'm living and breathing. <laughs> um, I have some some. I forgot what it's called. Gravel here. If she oh, okay, good, yeah. good. <laughs> Just in case, uh, but yeah. You know what we haven't talked about in a while? What? <laughs> is where are you in your goal? So in the goal, if the you goal. are just tuning in for the first time, mm-hmm. um, I've challenged myself to watch as many movies as possible in a year, hoping to get to 365 by the end of the year. And so today is May 3rd, 2021, mm-hmm. and I have watched 132 movies. So are you on, like I'm losing track, so if that's roughly four months at 30 days, 120? Yeah. Yeah, So you're on track. You're ahead of schedule. Yeah. I'm about 10 10 days ahead. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Which is pretty good. Yeah. It gives me a little space there. Our province is still under lockdown. So I have all this time. It will be. Yeah. It will be for (laughs) Lord knows how long. May 21st at the very latest. At the very earliest. Earliest. But honestly, like Mother's Day is this weekend. And I don't, like, I think that's going to be bad news bears for us. I think people are going to. Head on out when they shouldn't be. So Eid is also next week. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a suspicion. So I will say this. I'm a Muslim in the South Asian community. And I can say that sometimes Muslim people like to believe in conspiracy theories. (laughs) That that, like the government is doing this so that the Muslims can't hang out. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's true because you don't have common sense and you would do this when you shouldn't be doing it. (laughs) So the government has to make it illegal for you to hang out. And I get it. It sucks because it's like, it's Muslim Christmas. Yeah. We can't hang out, but it is what it is. And it's the second year that this has occurred. Second year. Right. So like this Second is... year. Year two. Year two. <laughs> year two. <laughs> like get used to it. No, um. <laughs> so in our episode as of tomorrow, which isn't even out, we're actually recording this before our episode for Chinatown is even out. Yeah. I talked about how I was watching The Sopranos. Well, listeners, I have also finished The Sopranos. What? <laughs> uh, I did 86 episodes in a month. Yeah, pretty good. That's a lot. I'm proud of you. <laughs> That's a lot, I realize. We are in a pandemic and we're in a lockdown, so it yeah. is okay. That That is acceptable. It's constructive, it's constructive use of time? Yes. Very mm-hmm. constructive. <laughs> Don't worry, my dad did five seasons of Breaking Bad in like less than four weeks for sure like i think oh, he's, he, yeah. he's done he's done breaking bad yeah oh wow what did he think he's not really talking about it <laughs> it was nice and i was like oh like are you gonna watch better call saul now and he's on to money heist so i don't oh, think okay. he's i think money interested. heist is good he's watching it in like the english version which i think like when i'm listening to it i'm like oh this sounds terrible like i don't want to watch this yeah because it's dubbed but I don't like dub. Tis what it is. Tis what it is. But yes, I did finish The Sopranos. And it left me feeling so many things. Yeah, like what are the things? Like overall, and I discussed a lot of this last week, so I don't want to go into like double detail. I did like it. I really liked it in the end. And I don't want to, like it is quite an old show. It's almost almost 20 years old at this point Mm -hmm. from like when it started. It's over 20 years old from when it started. started. But I don't want to spoil it necessarily. The end is super ambiguous mm-hmm. super ambiguous and like i love ambiguous endings yeah so i wasn't irritated by this but i do remember i didn't tell you this but i remember that this is how it ended like i heard about it in the zeitgeist of the world uh, that this is how the sopranos ended but you have no context right 
right? And like, you yeah. don't know why it's a big deal. And so I watched it and I was like, oh, okay, I can appreciate why people are annoyed. But also, way to go ending. Yeah, like super smart. <laughs> like, super smart, really yeah. clever ending. Overall, I really liked it. I think my biggest gripe with the show. So this is something that's occurred to me. I don't know if as I'm evolving as a person, and this is about me, I'm not talking about anybody else. If my threshold for accepting certain things in entertainment is just is becoming smaller. So I will say the representation of women in The Sopranos is lacking severely. Mm -hmm. And one thing, the women who are also in The Sopranos are largely from a male's perspective. So Tony Soprano, for instance, sleeps around a lot. He's a serial philanderer. Mm -hmm. How are all these A, triple A level gorgeous women sleeping with Tony Soprano? <laughs> Do you know, like, but have you I not get... in real life seen that though? I see it all the time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I get, I get the lure of power. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's one way I justify it. But like, all of the women look a certain way. They appear a certain way. They're meant to be sexual to some degree, except mm -hmm. for Tony's sister, literally, and Tony's mom. But everyone else is meant to have. Even Tony's daughter is meant. She's Jamie Lynn Siegler is beautiful. Meadows beautiful, yeah. Yeah, and so like there's there's meant to be some sex appeal about it. So this is a show by a man for other men. And in 1999, when this premiered, clearly no one cared. But now that I'm watching this in 2021, it's not that it bothered me so much that I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Like, I still quite like the show. But it is something I noticed. And I'm just wondering, do other people feel that way too? Like when you I... watch something, do you think, if you were to watch the same show, The Sopranos, do you think you would pick up on that? And do you think another man would pick up on that? I don't know if other men would pick up on that. I think they would be like, yeah, good for Tony. He's getting a hot girl. <laughs> like, I think that's the <laughs> generic, my, my man voice. I think that's probably what the generic feeling is. Maybe not mm -hmm. such an evolved human being. But then for women, though, I kind of feel like it kind of, it plays to the part of what the show is trying to tell you in that story of that trope of the Italian-American schlubby guy who has a super hot wife. Like, you do see it in real life. And so I don't... I have always thought of it as, like, no, this makes sense to what they're trying to tell you. I've never mm -hmm. really taken offense to it. I wasn't offended, don't get me wrong. Yeah. And I think it's like, he sleeps around with a lot of women. And I'm not just talking about the one... You're not even talking about the one-time night stands. It's the mm -hmm. women who are, like, appear as, you know, secondary characters. And they're all beautiful 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 women and i'm like how are so many all, why how are all of these women so hot and why are they all going for and why are they soprano? all going for tony I think soprano you're right in that 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 show is clearly written by a man <laughs> <laughs> yeah but there are women like that though who that's what they'll do so you know the lure of power is it, it is something like i i think we all understand that that like someone that powerful and that maybe alpha is a lure to some women yeah and that's not to say that there's anything wrong with those women. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Like, go for it. I think, like, I can totally see the misogyny behind it and that, mm -hmm. and that frustration. But I also, like, from my perspective, it's just like, if that person is, like, a willing partner and, like, wanting to be in that situation, yeah. then, like, I'm not opposed to them writing women in that way because there are women who are that way. It's one side of the coin. But... But then I don't know. Don't I've you need never, to show the like, other side of the coin? Yeah, where somebody is being defensive and like protecting yeah. them. Yeah, it's and interesting. Like, all of these, most of these women are abused to some degree. Mm -hmm. Like I'm literally going through the list of this with people like he sleeps around with, and he's an abusive man. He hits most of them. They all accept it. Oh, that's not like. Funny. There's just I haven't things... watched all of it. 
And like, don't get me like again. I understand that Tony's meant to be problematic. It's not like they're they're not trying to they're not trying to say, hey, everyone should be a woman hitter. That's not it. Yeah. But they are trying to say that here's the sociopath who is a murderer. Is also he happens to beat women. It, it like I see the equation they're trying to make there. But Why aren't the they same... telling the story of women who? Like, yeah, how or hard even it is one to get woman... yourself out of a situation like yes. that. Or even yeah. one woman who's like, I'm not going to take this. Yeah, like, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you. So anyways, just interesting things that I kind of, I watched. And I don't know if it was because I watched this right after I watched Downton Abbey, which is clearly a little bit more soft as yeah. a show. <laughs> but also There's just as enjoyable. Appeal to There's it. a little bit more of a feminine appeal. And I quite like Downton Abbey. And I quite like The Sopranos. They're just... They're just totally very different, Mita. I want you to watch Mad Men now. Oh my god, that seems like such... I don't know, because John Hamm... I'll watch beyond... it with you. <laughs> oh, would you? Yeah, we can watch it together. It's just John Hamm. Beyond his, like, appearances in 30 Rock, I just don't like him. He, no, this Mad Men is... Is John Hamm playing John he's Hamm? perfect for Don Draper. It makes so much sense. It is... Mm. He's very good in it very talented in that man he's he's a talented person i'll give him that i just think in real life he's probably a real dickhead and i wouldn't want to be friends with him yeah that's just the impression i get but yeah. tina fey likes him and i don't know what to say about that i mean people are allowed to have bad judgment sometimes no she's not allowed to the best people can have <laughs> bad judgment too we're all human <laughs> speaking of us being all human oh my gosh yeah, I don't. I was trying to think of a segue, but I'm like, that's so terrible. I don't know. I know. I don't, <laughs> this I don't is going to be a tough one. I won't lie. This is so. Mita. Yes. We watched on your behest, Denis Villeneuve's first major film, Polytechnique. Polytechnique. A movie that will be hard to make jokes about. Yeah. This one's a very serious film. Probably the most serious film we've watched. Yeah, I would say so. I think up until now, and to be quite honest, I've looked at my list and I'm like, mm, I don't even think I got a movie about abortion on my list. Not as serious as this. How crazy is it that I picked this? Yeah. Of <laughs> the two of us. Of all of them. <laughs> How crazy. That this was my movie for you. Well, why don't you tell a little, tell us what the movie is about? Yeah. So let me give you the IMDb description because chances are you haven't heard of Polytechnic, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. So let me give you the IMDb description. A dramatization of the 1989 Montreal Massacre, during which several female engineering students were murdered by an unstable misogynist. So, it's exactly as fun as it sounds. <laughs> as a movie. It's a real riot, guys. It's a real riot. <laughs> you will have a great time. <laughs> but talk to me, Mitha, about why you picked it. So, if you've listened to our podcast, you may or may not know that um, Nadim is probably the the largest fan of Denis Villeneuve. My that boy, Denis. That is possible. If you don't know who Denis Villeneuve is, get out of here. Get out of here. Um, you can stop listening to this podcast, to be quite honest. <laughs> Denis Villeneuve is a French-Canadian director. He is, is he from Montreal or is he from just somewhere he's in Quebec? from Montreal. He's from Montreal. Okay, yeah. good. Um, and he's directed such films as Arrival and Sicario and Blade Runner 2049. Check out our episode on that. <laughs> um, what else has he directed? He's directing Dune. Yes, he's directing Dune, which is a big deal. I'm a little worried about it. I don't know if we can trust Timmy Chamolay with that. But we can trust Denis. 
<laughs> yes, we can trust Denis. He is a wonderful director. And in hearing about all of Nadine's praise for him, I discovered that you have never watched Polytechnique. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, I had seen Polytechnique. But like, had you? Because you explained after we finished recording last week. Yes. What your having watched Polytechnique was. I had no recollection. Okay. So this so was like we're kind of watching this together. Exactly. It was it was very fresh to me. I know I had seen it. It was on Movie Network one time, which is was like a channel in Canada, and I think I had it on in the background and it was in French and I wasn't really paying attention. Mm-hmm. So I actually included it as part of my movies that I hadn't watched this year because I actually sat down and watched it with yeah. you. That is why I chose it, because you are such a huge fan of Denis, and I felt like huge. why haven't you seen Polytechnique. And so that is why we watched it. Excellent. Excellent. I just want to clarify one thing. Uh, yeah. Denis Villeneuve is from Three Rivers. Oh, Quebec. Trois Rivières. Trois Rivières. Trois Rivières. So that's where he's from. Quebec. Quebec. Yeah. But yeah. If anything, this episode will be filled with French-Canadian accents. <laughs> so you're welcome. <laughs> so let me just start by talking about Mr. Denis Villeneuve. Okay. Whom I did talk quite a lot about when we did Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. But I think it just warrants more conversation because... As Mita and I were talking about after we finished recording Chinatown last week, Denis Villeneuve has done everything right as a filmmaker. He started off, he did actually some movies before Polytechnique that he wasn't really happy about. Mm -hmm. Polytechnique was probably his first movie that kind of got his career going. It screened at Cannes. It kind of got him on the map. After that, he did Incendie, which was a Canadian film that was nominated for Best Foreign Picture. And from there, the ball started to roll. He kind of just went from strength to strength with every film. The scale increased. His quality got better. So he went from Incendie to Prisoners to Arrival to Blade Runner to Dune. You can And you can see the scale slowly rising. You can see his quality slowly rising. He is successful because he is a good filmmaker and he has made good films. He has, he's not there for any other reason, not because of who he knows, not because of awards. Not He has just made good films that have spoken to his quality as mm-hmm. a filmmaker. And that's why he's there. It's the only reason he's there is because of what he's produced. He is he has a the good definition. Resume. He's got an amazing resume. And his movies, honestly, if you haven't seen them, I forgot Sicario in there. Mm-hmm. They are just, it's one after the other quality pieces of film that are at worst average. Did you say Enemy? I didn't say enemy, but they are at worst average films. And to be quite honest, I don't even think they are average films. I think they are. I think they're like above average and better. He hasn't done anything bad yet. No, he hasn't done anything bad. And to be quite honest, even if Dune isn't great, I think it will kind of be like Christopher Nolan directing something big that doesn't work. You'll be able to appreciate at least you tried something. Yeah. The effort. Did you know he's going to be doing... Like a Cleopatra movie. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. It's been announced, but I don't know. We'll see what happens it. after Dune. Yeah. But yeah, that's Denny. And honestly, if you haven't seen Denny's films, you really should. If you haven't seen like Arrival, if you haven't seen Prisoners, if you haven't seen Sicario, just watch them to understand. He's so good. He's so talented, this man. Honestly, I just I can't I can't tell you how much how good of a filmmaker he is. Um, as I have you, his biggest um, fan, I have a yeah. question. Does he yeah. take any part in the writing process of the screenplays, or does he does he tweak a little bit? Do I'm you know sure that? most directors, he's not an auteur, so he doesn't write yeah. everything, but they have a... So, I think we can start talking about Polytechnique, because 
Polytechnique was his, like I said, his first major film into filmmaking and like Hollywood essentially as opposed yeah. to like amateur filmmaking. And you can see kind of where he came from and like his directing style and where he's used that kind of directing style in the future. Mm-hmm. Polytechnique is a hard movie to watch though. Mm-hmm. It is an hour and 15 minutes of anxiety and stress and just like grossness at the pit of your stomach. Just like I had to pause and stop a couple times because it's just so... The emotion in it is very overwhelming. And it, yeah. it is anxiety-inducing. It's just like, oh, I don't want to watch this right now. <laughs> and yeah. you have to, you, I had to leave the room a couple of times. But I also think that was the point of this mm-hmm. in telling this story. But what did you think? Well, so my main thing is... So, like we said in the description, this movie is about a shooting that occurred at a university in Montreal in 1989. And what I kept thinking while I was watching this is, are these scenarios, these situations, shootings, mass murders, things like that, are they appropriate to make movies out Films about, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Is that really appropriate? And then Mm -hmm. in doing the research for this podcast, I did see that he had actually shown it to um, victims' families beforehand and got their permission to... And, and the go ahead to go mm-hmm. and, and um, well, he had already made it, screen but I guess. It. Well, screen to, the movie, screen allowed the to movie. be publicly seen. Yeah. Yes. And which is nice. But at the same time, like, do, do we need this? Like, do I want to watch this? And I think he does a very good job at being respectful. And at no way was I think he was like glorifying the murderer. Mm-hmm. And no way did I think like, this is just sort of like, oh, like, this is, you know, like, I'm trying to think of an appropriate way, but all the thing is, all I'm thinking is blood porn. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's not like a Quentin Tarantino, yeah. like yeah, I'm, yeah. It's not glorifying violence at any point, but it's just so difficult to watch. Yeah, and it, as a viewer, like I, I wouldn't go back and say like, let's watch Polytechnique. <laughs> I will never watch this again. I <laughs> know. I think I've seen it, and I think, you know, I do think it's important to tell the story because there are victims in the scenario, and, you know, it's very unfortunate what's happened to them, and, and people should know about this if this happened in history, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's just so difficult, and, like, it's such hard subject matter to view. I don't want to watch it again. Don't make me watch it again. <laughs> no, it was, <laughs> it's interesting because one of, I had a couple of questions going through my head. One of the big ones was... My love for Denis aside, if I'm looking at this as an objective piece of artwork, what is this trying to say? Like, what Mm -hmm. is, why is this in front of a screen? Like, why was money put into this? Why was his time put into this? What are you trying to say? Yeah. And I think the obvious that, like, guns are wrong is, is, that's not it. It wasn't that simple. Like, gun, it's not, it's not really a simplistic thing. I think at the end of the day, he's trying to show that out of something so atrocious, you can still have... Like hope still blooms. You can have life after. And that you can have you as an individual going through such extreme trauma can still live. Yeah. In many ways, I think the message is trying to be hopeful and Mm -hmm. it's trying to be uplifting. Does it do those things? I don't know. Yeah. Because what I will say is it's not overtly political, which is what I liked about it. I don't know if I would want something so like forward facing that's saying like guns are bad. Misogyny is, well, I mean, misogyny is bad and guns are bad. But I don't want... Like, it's not being shoved down your throat. And it's letting the viewer take away what it wants. I think what what he does really well is exactly that, though. It's a very subtle take on saying, hey, this guy killed women for because they were women. Yeah. And 
do with that information what you will, but he very subtly points out how insane that is. Without saying misogyny is bad, he's essentially saying, this guy did this. I hope you I hope you find it in yourself to realize how upsetting that is. Uh, yeah, and how terrible it can be. How he, terrible that, that, that is. He does that successfully. Yeah. Yeah. Just bringing about the fact that, like, this is actually what happened to these women for just, just for being for no women, for being ambitious women who wanted to pursue something in, an, in a typically male-dominated field. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all they did. Nothing else. At the same time, like, it is very subtle. And granted, like, you and I are doing this podcast, so we're going to look into those things, though. But then I kept thinking, like, what if I was, like, a high school student? Or I was someone younger and I didn't really know about this. Like, is this really giving me the information I need about the situation? Like, mm-hmm. what what would I have taken away if I was a younger person watching this film? What's the rating on it? I should have looked it up. 14. Like, what was it? 14 in Canada, probably are in America. Okay. So, yeah, if I was a younger person, how would I take away from this message? Would I be able to have cr- enough critical thinking to come up with those at 14 no No. sorry Mitha like never exactly (laughs) and so like I don't know I just had such a hard time with the subject matter and I kept thinking about did you ever hear about that movie Carla no oh the Carla Hamalka one yeah I did so Laura Prepon and I think Misha Collins were in a movie about Carla Hamalka and Paul Bernardo which got a ton of flack for being, for being about Carla Hamalka. Hamalka which as it should because I'm yeah. so, no she's a piece of shit and <laughs> there should not be a movie about her and it shouldn't be played by the girl from that 70s show like that's just garbage yeah and so and yes like the families were okay with this and they were al- like allowing him to put it out there but like I just kept thinking like do we need this or do we need this in the context of a film or would we should we have this as a documentary so somebody can actually learn from it? There are two things though that documentary. Sorry, it's not, there's not two things, but docu- what documentary film can do and what fiction film can do are very different. Mm-hmm. And in having characters, because he makes they make it very clear that the people in this film are fictitious; they're not yeah. actually people who went through this tragedy. But by having people with an arc and a history and like a world it becomes easier to kind of relate to them in such a short period of time because that's the other thing this movie is very short yeah it's not long it doesn't it and it never dwells on things yeah i think to be quite honest i don't think you could have watched this longer than it was it it (laughs) was and i've seen a lot of upsetting things and you have too but this really ranks amongst one of the ones that like i will not recommend this to people and not because it's a bad movie but because I just don't know if there's a necessity to watch it. Yeah. Unless, like, you're trying to... Well, and the only thing I could think of for somebody to watch this is if you want to watch Denis Villeneuve as a filmmaker and and see yeah. what he's done. Because watching this, I did feel like, oh, he is so consistent. Yes. Yes. Like, you can watch this and you but can But in, like, the best things. way possible. Yeah. Just, like... I'm smiling as I'm saying it. <laughs> like, just so, like, the yes, the best way possible in being consistent. Because you can watch this and see, like, what he does in other films. And you can catch on to it. And it's it's very smart. And it's very subtle. And it's, as much as this is, like, terrible subject matter and not something that I would want to watch, he shows it in a way which is still compelling. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's probably hard for him to do. Yeah. And, I mean, having that kind of sensitivity is... That's not an easy task, I think, and not everyone is up for that. Mm-hmm. So while I was watching this, 
one major question I had in my mind was, will there ever be a movie about Columbine made? I thought the exact same thing. And, well, I mean, there's Bowling for Columbine, which is a very good documentary. Which is a very good documentary. There's also that movie Elephant. Oh, I haven't seen that. By Gus Van Sant. It is also about a school shooting. Mm-hmm. But that movie Elephant alludes to... Whereas Polytechnique is about this is a thing that happened and this is a re- recreation of it. So will there ever be a Columbine movie? And I don't know if I want that in a film medium. Yeah, I don't know if I want it either. I think that's just my question of like, A, would it be made? B, should it be made? And C, could it be made? Well, I think when you think about school shootings... Where it's been done before is in television. Like, it's been on TV shows before. That happens. And what you can do with television is then have a season that kind of deals with the aftermath of that. And you can look at the repercussions and go through those actual emotional waves when you have when you're in a situation like that. Because it's very difficult to be in a shooting situation. I've never been with one, like, with a shooter near me, but I've worked in a mall where there was a shooting and we had to lock down. Mm -hmm. And it can be very frightening. And so a television show can still tell you that story and, you know, have an audience react with it. But in a Mm -hmm. film, you're only in there for such a finite amount of time. How are you going to be able to explain those things? And, like, how are you going to do that effectively and and not be gross about it? Do you know what I mean? But I think in that way, I think Polytechnique actually really kind of nails certain things on the head in such a short period of time. Because one of the things that also I caught on to was that sense of like petrified panic that you must feel in that situation. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about this, but I think one thing that I couldn't get out of my head was the Sandy, the Sandy Hook shooting. Yeah. That I was just like, these are adults who experience this. Just imagine what those what kids went children through. children are thinking. Yeah. And, you know, this movie isn't trying to be anti-gun or anti-violence or anything, but it does such a good job of, like, subtly being like, maybe could reconsider. And I think in terms of those things, this is necessary viewing. Because I think it's so easy when you're removed from the situation to be like, oh, that's so sad. Oh, it happened. It's so sad. But I don't know, even until, like, watching this, you think you'd be scared. You think you'd know how you'd feel. But I think this was maybe the first movie that really captured how, like, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, that's actually probably what it feels like. Yeah. Like, you put yourself in that situation, you 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 question how you would act, what you would do, what you would see, and you're kind of, suddenly, I don't know if it was the same for you, but for me, I was just like, oh, so this is actually what this would be like. And to, like, it gave me some, maybe, a, like, an understanding for, like, being in that situation, and <laughs> not that I'm pro-gun by any means, but... Having, like, watched this, I might actually be like, I would hope this would sway someone. Well, it did bring a lot of, like, those feelings of being in a similar situation, like, back to the surface for me. And, like, I don't think I had ever... I wasn't affected in any way. Like, no one I know was harmed and, Mm -hmm. and everyone that was around me was safe. But it just was so... It's a jarring moment and you yeah. kind of just sort of repress it because you're like, hey, I, I still have to go on with my day. Yeah. Like, I still have things that I have to do. And it, like, brought it back up. And I was like, no, like, yeah. that actually took a toll on me a little bit. And, like, yeah. in terms of, like, safety at work and things like that and, like, mm-hmm. making sure that I couldn't find my team. And I was like, where is everybody? Yeah. But, yeah. But, no, it took me back to that to that place and that I think it's important for people to understand those emotions and to see what it's like to be in a situation like that. But I also think that is also very dangerous too. 
for like oh, really? some people Why? to watch this. I'm just worried, like, I'm wondering, you know, those boys from Bowling from Columbine, like, if they had seen something like this, what would their perspective be? What would they take away from it? Which... But then aren't you getting into censorship? Censorship, I know. Which I don't believe in. I don't yeah. believe in censorship, but no, I just No, for sure. Like, but it's and it's such a dangerous place because I like I I, I understand what you're saying mm-hmm. and to some degree I agree with it but the fact is is that the only answer to that is censorship which I hate and like us saying like should this movie even exist is censorship if Denny wants to make this movie and for to be quite honest this is a, an incredibly sensitive portrayal of this situation there's it's not grotesque in any way and yeah. we're just questioning whether it should be out there in the first place but. If Denny is a filmmaker and he wants to tell a story, that's his prerogative, too. I think it just feels so much more jarring to me because it's based off of a real-life event. If he said that, like, this was completely fictional, I, I don't know, I feel like maybe I would have different sentiments towards it. But because I know, like, this did actually occur, and yes, like, the characters in the film are fictional, mm-hmm. and, like, they're not based off of anybody real, like, this did happen. Somebody decided that... He, like, they didn't like women. They didn't like women trying to become engineers. Mm-hmm. They walked into school one day and shot up a bunch of them. This one, I, I'm, I don't know if we should have picked this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but you knew what it was about when you picked it, right? I did know what it was about, but I honestly, like, I think it was because it was in French. I wasn't even paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think honestly, like, wh- I, I was so excited to watch it last week, too. And not to say that I'm glad I watched it, but... It's one thing to have read the logline and know what the movie's about, and another thing to watch it. To watch it, yeah. And I think that's what happened, is that both of us were like, oh, this is about the shooting, and it'll be intense, but we're going to watch it. And then you kind of watch it, and you're like, huh. I think he did his job then. Yeah. Like, he does his job in this film, yeah. Oh, <laughs> It's so almost harder because it's, it is a good movie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's almost harder to discuss because it is a well-made movie about a subject matter that you question whether it should be... Like, there in the first place. I don't think there will ever be a movie about Columbine. I just... I don't either. I don't think American audiences would... Will ever ever tolerate that. But then I think about things like... We watch war... World War movies now, right? All the time. All the time. And, like, I was thinking about... Sometimes too often. (laughs) Exactly. And so, like, what if 1917 had come out in 1919? Would people appreciate that? Would people want to watch that? Yeah. Or, like, I thought about World Trade Center. When that came out, everyone was like, nope, Mm. it's too early. Like, don't do it. And now there are movies that are about terrorism and about the things that have occurred since then. But uh, would somebody watch a film that shows Osama bin Laden and and them hijacking planes? Like, I don't think. But there was a movie, United 93. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never watched it. <laughs> and that it. was about the hijacking of the plane. And that came out within a decade. Did people watch it? Yes. Was it well received? It was so, I actually never watched it, but it was well received. Okay. I don't know if I would want to watch that. Actually. Okay, maybe I'll put it on the list. But, like, <laughs> if that had come out in 2002, I don't think anyone no, would have watched it. I think that's it. too soon, but. 2003. What year did but it this come is, out? But this is 1989. It's. 30 years. Yes. And so I'm what I, I mean, 30 years now when it came out, 20 years. What year is this from? 2009. Okay. So 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. Still 20 years. 20 years is a long time. But I also, I don't think it's as well known. Like you and I know. No. It cause, yes. Because yeah. of Denny. But Denis, this isn't we, like a big film that like if 
This will probably be our lowest listened to episode because people are going to be like, what is this? No, but I meant the shooting in general. Like, I don't yeah, think it's not know as common. that, which no, is so true. sad to yeah. think that there are so many that have occurred in the last how, tw- two decades, let's say, if we're looking at that, that this one isn't like on, ugh, like, I hate this term, but it's not on people's radar. But I think it's on Canadian people's radar. I think most Canadians who were born around before or after, like, do mm-hmm. know. Maybe like younger people don't have the details, but I think generally speaking, this is a it, this is a landmark in Canadian history. Yeah, for better or for worse. So we I also think we don't gonna, have yes, and I think that's the other thing that gun violence isn't as prevalent here in Canada. Yeah, and it's you know that's a blessing, and that's another thing that occurred to me that the great how grateful I was that I was yeah you know that gun violence is not as common, which I think also makes this so much scarier in some ways because it it could happen. Yeah, and we don't see it all the time. You don't see it. There's sometimes no way to prevent it. Yeah. And that is frightening. Tough. On a lighter note, yeah. I want to talk about how this movie just didn't look like 1989. Yeah, no, it didn't. Like <laughs> but I, I kind of appreciated that, I think. Because okay. he made this in 2009, and I think yeah. when you like... I know, shoestring budget. Yeah, and try to make things look like it's the 80s, that can be really distracting. That's true. Right? Like, what if they had really big hair and, like, their yeah. makeup was, like, overdone? And, and, and the film is in black and white as well, which I think is, is really smart. Yeah. But, like, that stuff would be distracting for what what is being portrayed. And I think that it doesn't play well into this actual subject matter. So I'm appreciative that this isn't super 80s. But I think the smart thing that he did do was have that music there. Because it does tell you that time. And, like, yeah. as I was watching it, I was like, where are their cell phones? Where are these, like, things that happen in in today's time? And so he, it's not that it's not, like, correct to the time and correct to history. Yeah. It's just that it, I think that would have been overtly distracting. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Why? Were you missing the big hair? No, I wasn't missing the big hair. But I think I was a little distracted by, like, this just. This isn't 1989. And, like, I get that it's... I, I Like, I agree with you that it neutralizes the setting so mm-hmm. that we're not distracted by the big hair and the hoop earrings and, like, hammer pants or, like, whatever. Like, we're not distracted by those things. Yeah. So, but at the same time, it feels disingenuous. But I also understand that, like, it was probably a concerted effort that, like, are they going to be able to dress that many people to look 80s? Nice authentically without it being cheesy without it being distra- like there's a whole level of or do we just try to be like hey just dress as neutrally as you can yeah and kind of go well then there. i guess my question though is like why does this have to be about the montreal massacre like why couldn't have it just been like why did he have to take that real story and put it or whoever wrote the script didn't even do that <laughs> why was the montreal massacre included in this why couldn't it have just been a fictitious tale because this is why I love Denny. This was about women. This wasn't just a mass shooting. This mm-hmm. was a planned homicide. It was a it was a planned execution. Mm-hmm. And it was about attacking women. And I think that's the reason that like you can't you can't make up that story because if yeah. you try to fictionalize it, then it's less like, well, this is the story you're trying to tell. Why don't you just try to tell this story? Yeah. And I think his whole point was Here's a man who tried to do something so despicable, and here's the hope that can come out of it. He does a good job. He does a good job. There's a lot here. There's a lot of emotion, and there's a lot 
to go through. <laughs> so It's also, I'll say, probably the wrong choice for what is meant to be an entertaining podcast. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, like, I have no prequel sequel idea. I was just going to be like, so, do you have sequel ideas, Rita? No, because I, th- I think... As much as this is hard to watch and it's difficult to watch, it's it's like the story is told well and like the way it should be. And so I don't think you need yeah. to see anything before and you don't need to see anything after. So one thing I did want to discuss is there is a certain level of scripting in this movie. Mm-hmm. So how the movie plays out, there's a, there is a bit of back and forth in terms of timeline. Yeah. We have essentially three main characters. We have the shooter... We have a, a female character and there's a male character. Yeah. And so these are three characters that the movies, largely the perspective is told from these three characters. So we do see how things end for all of these characters, but not in a chronological order. So there's a certain amount of like back and forth. So we see what happens to the guy, for instance, not the not the mass JF, murderer. Yeah. yeah, what happens to him. And then we go back to the shooting at some point. And then we see, you know what I mean? We go a little back and forth. Part of me was like, I don't know if a movie about this subject matter should be scripted that way. Or should it just be told as a linear, this is what happened, this is how it played out. Because part of your writing was for dramatic effect. And is that... Mm, Is that appropriate? Is that appropriate, given the subject matter? (sighs) That's what I mean, though. Like, oh, gosh. That's why a movie about Columbine will never be made. There's your answer right there. How do you tell that yeah. story? Like, yeah. you start with them, like, at a bowling alley? Like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. I think, like, as a viewer, you have to separate the idea that they're taking this real-life situation and making a fictional story about this real-life situation mm-hmm. and understand that they are trying to... Yes, it's based off of something that is real, but they're trying to tell you something else within that. And so... I, it makes sense to me that it's not in chronological order. I also, I don't think I would want to watch it if it was. I think, I think that back and forth eliminates some of the the harshness of it. Okay. And the severity of, like, the actual situation. Because you can go back and forth, if that makes sense. No, I get what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. This is a hard movie a hard to movie. nail. <laughs> it's a hard movie to be like, this is my opinion on it. Yeah, because it's changing, too. Yeah. Because initially I was very upset watching it. <laughs> I was just like, oh boy, what did I do? But then it's it's sat with me for the last couple of days. And I was yeah. like, no, like, if you're going to do this, this is how you do it. Should it be done? Yes. That's a question. But yeah. that's, that, I agree with that completely. If you're going to yeah. do it, this is exactly how Especially it should be done. Do. Also, no one else needs to do it. Yeah. We don't, we don't, like, we don't need another version of this. Leave yeah. it. He, honestly, not because he's Denis and I love him. I just don't think someone else could do it better than this. And could be as thoughtful. Maybe and Chloe's out. Honestly, maybe a female. That it's 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 just a just a different perspective on it. But at the same time, I don't know if it, I don't know if I care. I don't want to. No. Yeah, like I think I've seen. I've gotten everything I'm meant to glean from this film. Emotionally, kind of the afterthought. It's all here. So I don't know if a woman director even is going to give me anything different at this point. Mita has no more thoughts, guys. I have no, <laughs> nothing else to say about this one. So I then, just like, yeah. My overall theme was like, do we need to be told these stories? But then I was thinking about like, not my favorite episodes of TV, but like the teen shows that I watched that dealt mm-hmm. with like school shootings. 
those were always really good to see and interesting because as a teenager at that time, like when I think about the One Tree Hill one, like they had a school shooting and they dealt with sort of the aftermath, but they also still had the like the drama of the teen show in there because yeah. like in One Tree Hill you find out that it's actually Dan who kills Keith and not the school shooter. But anyways. Oh my god. <laughs> um terrible. I shouldn't be like giddy about those stuff. But it was like I was saying, like, you can follow up with those things. And then, mm-hmm. like, in seasons afterwards, like, even on Degrassi, like, Jimmy is in a wheelchair for the rest of the show. Oh, and no. he struggles with that. Drake. Or Drake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he struggles with that. And, like, they put that into the storyline. And you can have that, yeah. that, that history there. In a film, it's just so finite. And it's just so jarring. And it's just like, this is what happened, and you're left with it. And you don't have any prequel or sequels to yeah. kind of, like, explain. And this is something that did happen in history, and there were women affected by this, and there are, are families that were affected by this, mm-hmm. and it's just it's so, so hard to see. So that said, what's your rating? I gave this a three and a half, because if you're, like I said, if you're going to do this, this is the way you do it, because... It doesn't glorify anybody. It doesn't glorify the killer. You don't even learn the killer's name in this film. Like, I think that's really smart filmmaking. Yep. And it is sensitive enough that it's not... Like, if I if I was a family member of a victim, like, I, I think I would be okay with this as well. Because nobody is actually being said, like, this is so-and-so who was shot, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's still very respectful. It's just, I keep having this back and forth of, like, did we need this? Does this need to be in the world do people need to watch this movie is it a must-see movie is it a movie to watch and so i i kind of keep going back and forth on that so three and a half for me because i think a seven is a good seven out of ten is what i'm really yeah what about you so up until this point Mm -hmm. literally up until this point i was going to go with a three however you have said something that like as we've been talking has like really got me thinking of like does this need to be like what is do we need to have this movie yeah and i think when you weigh it out the pros and cons of having this movie i think the cons are really the sensitivity like is this movie sensitive to the subject matter and the victims who you know lived through such a an atrocity and at the end of the day the answer is yes because the people who were involved approve this movie so it's not like this was made without their consent and it's out in the world and they're against it. It's they were it was made. They were they approved it and then the world saw it. Denis did everything right. And again, not because I love Denis. I just want to point out that. But everything that should have happened with this movie happened the way it was told, the way it was released. It's exactly how the movie should be. And yeah. if that's the case, then we don't we shouldn't really it isn't our place to say it shouldn't be out there. We aren't, okay. we, it's not our position to say it shouldn't be out there when the people it affects most are saying it's, it's okay to be out there. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think the movie, I think to me, the fact that I was able to sit there and watch this and feel as petrified as I was and finally maybe appreciate to like the smallest degree what that emotion, emotion must be. Like. I think there's something to be said. There's something very powerful about that. And there's something very important about that. I think I think about like who should watch this and maybe it is high school students who should watch this. Maybe it is young impressionable minds to be like, "Hey, this is what this is actually like." Yeah. It's not a joke these like drills that you do in school now unfortunately and all of that. Like this is actually what it's like 
and maybe make people understand what it is to live through something like that. Do you need to watch this? Is it necessary? Maybe even. Maybe if you're going to live in this world and you're going to exist, you need to understand what that feels like to be able to have that kind of empathy. And like, yes, you should have, you know, that empathy regardless of, you know, if a mass shooting is going to happen anywhere, it doesn't matter whether it's at a school or whether it's at like a, a place of worship or whether it's at, you know, anything. A workplace, yeah. A workplace. It doesn't matter. I, I for instance, I'm Muslim. Muslim people have been targeted at mosques very recently. There was a time period where that was a very scary thing for Muslims. And we, we like, I told my parents, don't go this week, you know, to the mosque. And it was a very common thing for people, you know, to live through that and that's so removed from it as well but i think this kind of makes you understand what that emotion must have been like and provide maybe real empathy i don't know i don't know i really don't yeah as you're saying that i think my perspective is skewed because i i just don't ever want to have that feeling again yeah of like and not that's... knowing if i leave work today am i safe yeah absolutely yeah. and that's totally reasonable all to say that if you want to talk about this as a film Films are supposed to bring up conversation. Yeah. You're su- they're supposed to make you, they're supposed to be divisive. They're supposed to elicit discussion. They're supposed to make you feel. They're supposed to make you emote. And this movie does all of those things. It does, this movie does everything it's supposed to do. And the only question is whether it really should be in the world or not. I still don't have the answer to that. But because of everything I've said and because I do love Denny, I'm going to give it three and a half as well. There we go. We're on the same page, my friend. But this was, the whole time I was watching this, I was just like, how are we going to record this episode? I know. I was like, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> <sighs> 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 and I was like, should we've I talked watch about a Carla? Lot of- no. <laughs> I'm talk- not going to we- watch that. Don't. I also heard it's just a bad movie. I think the tricky thing about this is, is that it's actually good. Yeah. This is, yes, it's, it's beautifully made. It would be easier if this sucked. Yeah, and then, and you then could we could be like, don't watch all this, over it. Don't watch this, it's terrible, this and is... it's insensitive, and it's this, yes. and it's that. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Who do you think, so yes, you said high school students. Outside of, like, high school students, who do you think should go and watch this, and, like, rent this on Apple? Because you do have to rent it, it's not available You do have streaming. to rent it on, yeah. Yeah. I honestly think younger people. I do yeah. think, like, younger, like, I think people in their, like, late teens and 20s. I worry about the youths. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it, Mita. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I worry about the youths, and also, like, the youths are the people who can make change. That is true. They are. Children are our future. I think I have a child myself. Yeah. And, you know, anytime I watch a movie, I'm like, when am I going to let her watch this? Or when, I'm, when do I think she should watch this? And honestly, if she's a mature enough 14-year-old, I'm going to sit next to her and be like, we're going to watch this together. 14 feels really young. It does. But I think it's so, like... I think there's some things that feel young and you you kind of have to be able to like experience maybe 14 is young and like it depends it's like kid to kid basis but I think I'd rather have this conversation and have that discussion and have that understanding earlier than later but that's just my opinion yeah no that's fair let's stop talking about this movie yeah <laughs> Do you have a good game? job Denny <laughs> never watching it again good job Denny no, seriously, I'm never watching this again. Yeah, there's no. This is I might watch it. I might watch it with my kids in the future, like because I think it's important to watch. But I will never actively on a Sunday be like, you know what I feel like Should watching. We watch Polytechnique. Have you seen it? <laughs> Date night. Polytechnique. Date night. Polytechnique. 
<laughs> it's never going to be. Oh, there's gosh. never going to be a time outside of education to watch this. Yeah. I think I, I think it should be shown in schools. I think yeah. that would be a smart thing to do. Yeah. So teachers, if you're listening, yeah. um, stream it on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> stream it. Or make it a homework assignment. Yeah. Mm. To, to your kids that you feel like are well adjusted. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. Okay, Mita. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Yay, a game. <laughs> so it's time for... Different characters, same, same world. world. <laughs> we're going to get better we'll at We'll work on so it, yeah. We'll work on it. But we're slowly, we're only up, you know, three episodes in. We're getting there. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've never heard of this movie. Great. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're just going to... We're going to, I'm going to try. Maybe I'll get the try. characters. I'm going to give you one major hint. Okay. We are watching our first Bollywood film Woo! of this season, and there are a couple of them, just pointing that out, but we're watching our first one, so, and I honestly don't even think you know this movie exists. Okay. So, I'm going to name people. Okay. And I'm going to try to give you <laughs> people I think you will know. Okay. Two of them are actors. One yeah. of them is the producer. Great. Okay. Actually, one of them is going to be producer and director of something else. Okay, just give me the... <laughs> okay. So, yeah. we're going to do Murad Ahmed. Okay. <laughs> Rajo and Sartaj Singh. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you looking this up? No. I'm you trying to any... think. <laughs> okay. You have... Seen one of these movies? Did you say Ludjo or Rudjo? Rudjo with an R. Oh, so not Ludjo. Okay. No. <laughs> um, for producer and director, I'm thinking Karan Johar. Okay. It's not. Okay. For a producer <laughs> and director, I don't. Oh, gosh. Maybe you should, like, put in music so that we don't waste an entire minute. <laughs> I mean, you're already 30 seconds in, so it's okay, not. It's, it go. goes by pretty quickly. I'm just going to guess names now. Shadow Khan. Yeah, no. <laughs> Ruthie Krishan. No. <laughs> Kajol. This was one of the movies that I was just like, this is going to be problematic. <laughs> okay, well, at least we got it out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to have a couple of these, too, where I'm just going to be like, what, are, what is any what are, of this? Who are these people? Yeah. Uh, what, how many seconds are we at? We got two seconds, so time's up. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay, what are we Mar- watching? Murad Ahmed is Ranveer Singh. Okay, I know who that is. From Gully Boy. Oh, I don't know his name. I know him as a Gully Boy. You should have said Gully Boy. No. Be- <laughs> <laughs> Rajo is Sunakshi Sinha. Okay. From Tabang. Okay. And That's Sar- for me. Sartaj Singh. Yeah. Is Anurag Kashyap. Okay. From Sacred Games. Okay. Well, I've never seen Sacred Games. I know. But we are watching... Yeah. The romantic drama Lutera. Oh, Nadim, this is like your favorite ending of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So we, are, we are watching the 2013 romantic drama Lutera. Lutera means robber or thief. Wow. And I'm not going to go into more detail, because I'd like Mita to experience this, and then we're going to have a discussion. I hope I can find it somewhere, because I know you don't do your research. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on the Netflix. 
Okay. <laughs> Let me just look it up right now. You might Let have to rent this. I don't. To be quite honest, in my head, I'm just kind of like, hey, you got to find the movie, Mita. <laughs> Which I always do. Like, I'm very good at the research, let's be honest. Oh, it's not on Netflix. <laughs> Great. Is it on Amazon? Let me look it up on Just Watch. You can rent it. I can rent it on Google or you can rent it. on YouTube it's... or on Apple. Okay. Okay. You can rent it somewhere. Okay. Our first Bollywood film. Super I know. exciting. I'm excited for Ranveer. Is it Ranveer? Ranveer. Okay. Not this is going to be, I get them confused. I know, because they have very similar <laughs> names. Yeah. This is going to be an interesting watch. I'm looking okay. forward to seeing and kind of nervous to hear. It'll be interesting because this. um you've described the ending to me so many times. Have I? Yes. I've like told you the ending? You've told me the ending. Oh no! <laughs> but I don't I need to know the beginning, the middle, and then I know the ending, so there you go. It'll be interesting. You're so sad now, I'm sorry. <laughs> Should I change Daddy. the movie? No. Uh, I want to okay. watch it. Okay. You know, I don't know if you feel this way, but anytime, I mean, this is my second one, and I, your second one was really for me. You knew I was going to like it. Mm-hmm. But I, I get a sense of, like, nervousness. Like, did I make the of, right like, choice? Should I have, of, like, yeah, anxiety there's, there's a level of, like, absolute anxiety where I'm like, oh, I think I made the wrong choice. Should I have done this? Should I have gone with the other movie I was thinking? Oh, so yeah. I'll find out. Is now this I've, a movie to watch? Is this a movie to watch? <laughs> but then I just tell myself, this is our podcast. I know, And we but can still. do what we want. Oh, yeah. So, there you go. But, yes, that is next week. Okay, Lutera. Lutera. But before we get to that, Mita, do you have any parting words for us? I do. And they are important. If I have a girl, I'll tell her the world is hers. That's yeah. nice. I liked that. That's what and I tell my girl. There you go. I'll tell her too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for our first Bollywood outing, Lutera. Lutera. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. This is a place where I don't.